This week on The Smoke Break with guest Zoe Schwartz, we talk about self-destructive patterns. We also talk about effective communication and wrap it all up with our favorite, The Joke Break. Check us out on Shady Pines Radio and Pretty Dope Experience every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. Welcome to The Smoke Break. We are on Shady Pines Radio as well as... Pretty dope experience radio, PDX radio. We're on, uh, we're on both of them. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindiel. Hi, friends. And a comedian and therapist, Zoe Schwartz. Hello. Excellent. Uh, I'm super glad to have you guys. I'm super glad to be broadcasting from another platform. Yeah. All of this is really exciting. And I've been wanting to get a comedian slash therapist on the episode, you know, just because I like enjoy both, both of those things. Yeah, it's the best of both worlds, too, for like what the podcast itself is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excited to be here. Yeah. No, ex- excited to have you. Um, but what I'm even more excited for is to know what you're excited for. Oh, in general? Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to be here. Like, genuinely, hey. this was something I was excited for this week. And then also, yeah, I have a couple shows coming up and I'm on spring break from grad school. So that's exciting. Those nice. are all exciting things. That's uh, great. Tell me about uh, the, the shows first, though. Oh, I'm on this uh, Last Laugh Sunday, nice. I think is what it's called, on, yeah, on March yeah. 27th. And then I'm doing... Thank you for coming out to my Last Last yeah. Last Laugh yeah, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The reason I, yeah, yeah, the reason I was honest, because I went to your show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the awesome. Rainbow Room, is that what the event is? Rainbow was? City. Rainbow yeah, City. Oh, Rainbow that's City. such a cool Venmo. Yeah, I'm excited. Venmo. Wow. So far, okay. so good. And I love the, the music comedy combo. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the the variation. It's it can either be overpowering or it can be you know like well balanced and it can make for a really great room. So, um, you got that show. Is there any other shows that you're excited about in particular? Or yeah, I just you... have one other booked right now, okay. but it's, I can't. I'm not sure which one it is. I, I'm not sure which one it is, so uh, I probably can't say. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure. Looking but... forward to doing it. I know that it's the 24th, and I need to be somewhere at eight. <laughs> yeah, the per- yeah, I think the person has two shows, and I didn't ask which one, so that's the. Per- problem there <laughs> that's funny that's funny no you're all good no no, no you're all good um so okay since so, you're on uh, spring break from grad school mm-hmm. yeah so tell me about that uh you're you're in school yeah I'm, yeah i'm in grad school i have one and i have one term left so i graduate so wait grad school means that you already went to school you already you did your time and you're like i'm doing more yeah. more time yeah and i didn't think i would that's a good way to put it because it took like nine years to get myself to realize i wanted to go back but yeah so i did yeah, but awesome. that's that's a that's a decision that you can I I feel like you can be more happy with because you spent that much time before you decided to go and do it. You know, mm-hmm. like at this point, I feel like if I went to college, it would be because I want to go to college, not because everybody told me to go to college. Yes, that's actually a very good point. And I felt that way when I went the first time. And that's why it took me uh, seven years to get a four year degree. <laughs> hey, and hey. Uh, yes, and that's actually a very good point, And I do feel very similarly about school. I think it's important to know what you're doing because it's a lot of money and oh, yeah. a yeah. lot of work. Did you, uh, did you, you also went to school? Is, uh, did you did, okay, okay. I went to community college and then I was going to go to Evergreen. I had a scholarship and all this stuff. And my okay. sister who went there really wanted me to go. But then I took a hard left and I was like, I want to move to Chicago and go to Second City. Yeah. And my dad was like, all right, that's what you want to do and paid for that. Um, and I'm grateful that I kind of got to do community college and like fuck around a little bit. And then, you know, take some improv classes and kind of get excited about stand up. And, um, you know, sometimes I think about going back to school. I did do some online schooling for my preschool job, but also I just, I like to surprise yourself. Were you like, Oh man, I'm actually pretty good at like, you know, getting this done. Or were you like, well, I remember this being hard and this is kind of a good example of it. Oh, it was just a lot more than I, um, 
I kind of hated all the online classes. It was really, I didn't hate it because of what I was like learning about and it was really good. And being an empath, it was hard to get to like the child abuse part. I was like really dreading that. And like, it definitely made me on high alert when I first started working. They're like, who's, who's hurting these yeah, kids? Like when I really yeah. would act out, I'm like, is it you? Like staring at their parents. <laughs> no, like being kind no, of a weirdo. I, no, I, I feel that when I was teaching, I was kind of just like, I was in the same mind of just like, man, one of these fucking parents sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. and, There's so many factors and I don't know, it can be intense, but I, I enjoyed learning about all this stuff and different ways of like, approaching children with like you know punishment and no and anger and reactionary like um I guess punishment or discipline is not actually healthy and it, there's so many things you have to teach with boundaries not just with kids but with you so you also have to let kids know it's okay if you say no like I don't want you to climb on my back instead of being like well they can do whatever they want I can't mm. say no to them I'm like well you yeah. can explain why mm -hmm. because kids need to know boundaries for them and other people yeah, yeah. if they don't want to give you a hug don't hug them don't yeah, touch them totally. like understand if they're crying and if they want to mm -hmm. hug give them a hug and if not leave yeah. them alone let ask them, them if it's okay it. to yeah. hug them yeah. Yeah. that's a you super know? important one we didn't do right when we were younger or at least when mm -hmm. I was younger I don't think sure, sure. you kind of hug your creepy relatives or some friend of a friend and you're like I don't know this person and it's okay to say no that's really important I, I no. totally agree with that. Um, yeah, well, I, I I think it's really cool that you 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 have a little bit more perspective on what it would look like to go to school, and I think it's really awesome that you're going to that you're going to school and you're. What are you going to school for? Just real oh, yeah. quick before. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing a master's in social work, but I'm doing um, children, youth and family clinical, which means like mental health, like being a, a therapist, basically. Yeah. But there's, you know, lots of things you can do with social work. Uh, yeah. But oh, I wanted to ask you, Amanda, did you have that experience where you like realized that you knew a lot of this stuff intuitively because you're someone who's good with children and families mm -hmm. and that you got to learn like the like systems and structures and all those things behind it that, that were really interesting? Yeah, totally. Because I've definitely seen, you know, parenting done the the kind of traditional punishment um, way where you kind of yell at kids and yeah. punish them and make them feel bad. And then that carries into them being adults and either acting that way to other people or just having low self-esteem. And then I've also seen parents who just let their kids do whatever they want. And that's also not okay because the parents don't have boundaries with their own children. Mm -hmm. So those kids are the wild animals essentially that never hear the word no. When they do, they freak out and their parents give in. Mm -hmm. So there is a balance, but like there's a kind way of explaining why kids need to know why you can't just say no, because I said, so I hated that when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. It's true. No, kids need to, if it's, you think it's, a stupid thing to explain to them it's the only way they're really gonna like actually listen to you like why don't we run in the classroom yeah, yeah. because then you'll fall that's why you just fell that's uh -huh. a consequence mm -hmm. i keep telling you not to run but now you just did it now you know right now mm -hmm. there's a lesson because you got a consequence yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, oh sorry <laughs> no, no 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 go ahead please i was gonna say i think the, the the other thing i learned too is like the message too is that you're teaching people to have autonomy right like if mm -hmm. i'm gonna be made if i'm gonna be told to do something I have a right to understand the reason why. Also, yeah. like, what are you teaching them if you don't tell them why, right? Yeah. Like, they're just learning yeah. to be controlled or to, to bend to somebody who's in charge, and that's not necessarily... No, no, that's that's not necessarily... Point. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. It's like, because you have to understand that, like, that stuff carries over into adulthood. And, like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I had had a, an argument with a coworker where, you know, they were asking me why, and I was, like, I was just fucking frustrated because I didn't want to explain why, but it's, like, I don't like when that's done to me, you know? Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I can't grow... I always say, like, I can't do better if I don't know what I'm doing wrong, you know? Yeah. And if... 
you know, if you come to somebody and you're like, hey, I need you to not do this. And this is the reason I need you to not do it. It's it gives them an opportunity to 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 make the choice for themselves. They're like, OK, I'm going to do it because it would be helpful, you know, not mm-hmm. because it was the thing that I was told to do. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Amanda, what are you excited for? Um. I mean, a lot of things have been going on. I've been able to do a lot more shows and traveling. And I was gone from the preschool for like three weeks. Um, And then I went on Wednesday and I was tired. It was a short shift. I was like, it'll be fine. And I walk in the door and those kids like tackled me to the ground. And we're like, make Amanda. And it was so (laughs) cute to be like, oh, like they missed me. Um, And it definitely got me excited about working with kids again because it can be, you know, stressful or a lot of energy. And at first it was super hard to balance comedy and like caretaking, but now I see it's like good for me in a lot of ways. It still is tiring. I'm not going to lie. Like yesterday, uh, was like the end of my work week and I did an early show and my teacher showed up, which was super cool. My eighth grade teacher, Miss Fowler surprised me in the audience and I totally gave her a shout out and we hung out afterwards. I got her like an Interpol CD in eighth grade because we had the same taste in music. She's like, I still have that CD. I was like, what? what? That's so cool. That's awesome. I got us her TA and she That's would awesome. bring me like donuts and like food from the break room. What if she didn't have it, but she was just telling you that because she knew she how did. much it meant to you? Even if she <laughs> did, even if she did, it doesn't matter. And then afterwards, I was she gonna, remembered to reference it. I was going to ask if she was proud of me, but she told me she was proud of me before I asked. I was going to be like, are you proud of me? And she, was, she was just like, I'm so proud of you. You're, you know, you're doing this thing. You said you want to do it. You've been working on it a long time. She's been my uh, Instagram follower for a while and she showed up to Portland's Funniest in 2019, but it was kind of a, like high by at the end because yeah, you know, the, the halls are crowded with a people. lot of people. Um, but it was really cool to like talk to her and her husband and she thought it was really cool that I was teaching kids and doing preschool. She's like, it takes a certain type of person to do it. Um, and she's like, and I love that, you know, you're funny and you're tough, but you're also really sweet and kind. And I was just like, thanks. So that was pretty dope. Um, but it is tiring. Like after that whole week, I came home last night to watch a movie with my mom and I passed out on the couch and woke up at 8am and went back to my room and woke up at like noon. So I needed like 12 hours of sleep after all that. So it it does. And I've realized more and more that like, I can't take care of anyone unless I take care of myself. Like I can't enjoy this job working with kids. I can't have fun performing. I can't live Mm. a good life if I'm neglecting my needs. One of the best things that uh, Taylor ever told me was uh, he goes, he's like, you can't heal other people if your own health points are low. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's a good video game reference, but it makes sense in life for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, you can't like if you're not taking care of yourself, then like you then you're going to fall off before you can ever help anybody, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's I, that's an important lesson that, you know, I've been honestly learning myself is, you know, the amount of self-care that I need to I need to have um, because it's easy to get excited about doing stuff and being like, oh, cool, like stuff's happening. And because of that, you don't realize that, like, you haven't taken a break, you know, Mm -hmm. like working a a long ass shift and then going to, you know, straight into doing comedy. Like, that's you interacting with people like for fucking 12 hours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Almost straight, you know, like. Yeah, it can be very tiring. But if I'm taking care of myself, then it doesn't feel as bad. But if I'm like not sleeping and drinking a lot and like partying and then be like, like, I. I'm not going to be my best self, but also that's not sustainable. Yeah. It's also like kept me from staying out really late or like drinking a lot. Now I'm like, you know, on my weekends, I allow myself more time to just mm-hmm. relax. But on like weekdays, I definitely am like, okay, one or two, I get a show and yeah. then I go home, yeah. which I like. It's good. Like I, I definitely 
pulled myself out of that. Like I need alcohol to perform or be comfortable and be like, no, I know I can do this without it. It doesn't have to be like a crutch. Yeah. And that took me 10 years. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I think about that and been wondering about how I'm going to find the balance more when I have more time to do more comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, uh, uh, so we only have, uh, we got three minutes before we wrap up this first segment. So I'm just going to go I real hear quick what with my, excited what I'm excited for. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we'll talk more about this later, but, uh, I had my first, uh, like, like intense psychosis, uh, in a oh, really wow. long time. Like that's, I haven't, I haven't felt like that. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess I just in a way kind of. I just got self-destructive and I started like pushing people away and uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess the reason I'm excited for that is because it's a, it's a reminder that I needed in a small scale, you know, like, because Mm -hmm. I've done it on a large scale before and it feels 10 times as bad, you know, and I needed to remember that, like, like you were talking about is like, I need to take care of myself, you know, Mm -hmm. like, because I can't enjoy anything that I have if like I'm not right. And so, you know, I guess I'm I'm excited to be able to start growing and uh, patching things up because it, it, it takes those those harsh realizations to be able to, you know, um, to be able to, to kind of come back and be like regroup. OK, like I yeah. thought I could, you know, because I was saying for a really long time, you know, I was like I was talking about even the last couple episodes where Josh was like, oh, that's really stupid. You, you're doing four shows in a row. And I'm just like, no, man, it'll be fine. I'll work 12 hour days, drive lift in between, go to the show, have barely enough time to like lay down and get some sleep, wake up, get four hours of sleep. That's like oh, 20 hours. And like, yeah. I just kept doing it, you yeah, know, and then like lot. my brain was just like because I have bipolar like it fucking the when I don't get enough sleep like I start getting like I start having paranoid delusions like I was like yelling at people at, at the house and just being like no 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 you guys are out to get me to you know like I was just I was so far out there and you know it it was a, it was a it was a tough realization but it was an important one because you know I I definitely don't want to to slide back like I have in the past you know and I think something I've been talking about with I think it was honestly Liz was that uh it's important that to just make the time of bouncing back be less and less. Totally. Yeah. And sometimes you have to like revert back before you realize how important it is. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, like you said, it was like a good, it was short and short lived and it reminded you that it's, you still need to take care of that part of yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's still part of who you are and the balance you need. A hard lesson, but a good reminder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. Absolutely. I'm glad it was something you felt somewhat excited about, even though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard, but you know, if you can get excited about learning lessons, then, you know, you probably go to school, but yeah, (laughs) but I'm not going to just grow and do better and learn about yourself. I know. Uh, what was it? I never lose. I only win or learn. Yeah. 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 The only mistake I would say the only mistakes worth regretting are the ones you didn't learn from. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, truth to that. Truth to that. Oh yeah. All right. Well, dope. We're going to take a real quick commercial break and we will be right back with the smoke break. We are here on shady pines radio and pretty dope experience radio. Let's explore the most iconic soundtracks of all time. Let's have different topics every week with the music taking center stage. Let's listen video game music. 
every Sunday, 3 p.m. Welcome back to the Smoke Break. We are here on Shady Pines and Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindeal. Hello. And Zoe Schwartz. Hi. So, on this portion of the this mental health podcast, I want to talk about self-sabotage. It was something I was talking about a little bit earlier, and uh, it's something that because we have somebody who's experienced in the mental health field, I definitely want to get your perspective on it because this show is a lot of me taking a stab in the dark and hoping that I'm not super far off. Um, so with self-sabotage, what's in your experience, what is the biggest reason that people uh, tend to do that? Uh, I think my, the first thing that comes to mind, and I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an expert yet, but I'm getting there, sure. working on it. But I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is that like, um, it's, it's when like the behavior, uh, of like, say like somebody getting sober, for example, or like, yeah, like something like that. It's, it's, a fear of like something that's unknown. Like the success is fun at first or good at first. Like, you know, they say that pink cloud thing or what. What is that weird term Pink about? Cloud? I don't know. Something rose colored glasses. Something yeah. about recovery where like people oh. have this really like euphoric experience initially, sure. but then once shit gets real again and they don't mm-hmm. have their coping mechanism, like shit hits the ground. So yeah, or hits the wall Fair. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I thinking it's about there's the shit everywhere. Normally shit falls on the floor. Sometimes, Sometimes it hits a wall or a fan. <laughs> you get really simple things like saying like that. But yeah, so I think the way I think about it is like almost like fear of success or like um, the the better behavior is also often like facing more things that you've been avoiding. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's good, but it's more work. And often it pushes people backwards sometimes. Yeah, Cause the journey doesn't end once you get sober or you, you know, have like a big milestone in your life. If anything, it gets harder, but you have better tools. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. It's also terrifying because if you're used to escaping all the time, which I definitely do a lot, Mm -hmm. then when you have to be like, okay, now I have to actually do it without the coping mechanisms, like you were saying, it's easy to fall back. Yeah, and facing all the things that you were avoiding mm. without the coping mechanism and dealing with it instead of, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely agree a lot with that. I've uh, seen a lot of friends recently just kind of relapse. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I guess when, I, when I'm self-sabotaging, it's it's like it's almost like a control thing you know where it's like this didn't go bad i made it go bad like Mm. you know it's it's this you you can't take this away from me i already took it away from myself you know and i i i feel like it you know just especially like in my case you know like when i push my friends away like you know it's like hey you can't push me away i already pushed you away like Mm. it's 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 in a sense in my case a lot of times just an attempt to control yeah oh yeah it's like it's like an attempt to control the thing to continue being the way it was because even though it's not good it's it's comfortable it's more comfortable than than going yeah yeah. Yeah. That makes sense yep. too. Yeah. Well, I like what you were saying a lot too about, you know, um, about change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like change is good, but it's, it's, uh, it's hard and you often, yeah, like you'll have a really good period where it's like, yes, it feels so good to be clear and have all these mm-hmm. feelings, again, <clears throat> feelings again. And then, then they're also real and shit happens and then you gotta. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, the good feelings are good, but the bad feelings are still there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect, I mean, it's like the range, the range gets bigger. So there's higher and there's lower mm-hmm. and you yeah. have to learn how to cope with both. Well, something that I had heard a comic say, um, you know, and it was, it was just kind of like in regards to like having, you know, any sort of success is he's like, people thought that like, you know, once you become a black belt, you're fucking set. And it's like, no, now you have to fight other black belts, yeah. you know? And that's a lot of where a lot of this, 
you know, uh, us wanting to be somewhere and then finally getting there and being like, oh, once I get there, then I can finally relax. It's like, would you fucking think what, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You raise the bar for yourself. Yeah. Or the world raises the bar for you. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Um, so is there, uh, is there anything that like you, you catch yourself self-sabotaging on Amanda? Um, I feel like I'm getting better about it because I recognize the pattern. And like, once you recognize that's a pattern, it's for me, it's really hard to keep doing it, knowing that, like, I know exactly what I'm doing. If you're unaware, then you don't understand why things are happening and you're stuck in a cycle. But once you see the cycle pretty clearly, now you're responsible for changing it. And you see, like, what happens when you do or don't address things, then it's like, all right, well, I actually have to face this. I've been getting better about it. There was like, um, a night where I wanted to call in to work because I didn't get a lot of sleep and I was really tired, but I knew that I should have, everything was my choice. So I could have lied and said I wasn't feeling well, so I didn't have to go to work. And the more I thought about like, you know, dealing with a big classroom, like classroom full of kids, the more I was like, oh, that's going to be really exhausting. But I knew, you know, that I knew exactly what I did to get in that situation. I knew I wasn't taking care of myself. So it's not fair to be like, well, I neglected myself. So now I need a day off. Mm -hmm. If, if it was something more outside of me that happened and I needed the day off, I could kind of accept that more, but knowing like I did this to myself and this is a consequence. That's what I tell kids, you know, (laughs) this is a consequence, Amanda. Mm -hmm. Uh, so kind of like being a teacher to myself in that way and talking to myself like how I would to a kid being like, well, you knew you should have slept. You knew you shouldn't have stayed out all night. So this is a consequence. I could call into work and, you know, screw over all the teachers who are there who are also working yeah. really hard. My self-sabotage just becomes sabotage at that point. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really glad I did go to work. I was super tired, but it wasn't a horrible day. And I knew exactly like, hey, if you're tired or short, don't take that out on other people. Because mm-hmm. again, this is you and your consequence for how you were treating yourself the night before. And it was a really good day and I was able to pull myself out of it. So I'm working on that still, you know, always, but I feel like in the past, I definitely would make bad decisions and then be like, well, I'm just going to, you know, be late to work or ask for a half day or just like snowballs bad. Why not be shit? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it made me think of like you, like there was a cycle and you were like, I'm going to absorb the like impact at this point of the mm-hmm. cycle and stop it and let it like, instead of letting it reverberate like mm-hmm. yeah. further into my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I see those things happening where like I have that, you know, that anxiety or that voice. It's like, just call out of work. Just sleep all day. Like who cares? And I'm like, well, I care because I don't want to be that person. I was that person in my youth and it's not something I'm proud of. And as an adult, you make your decision and you kind of have to you know, suffer the consequences. Or if you're like, I don't want this to happen. Well, next time don't do that. You know, like take care of yourself. So you don't feel so tired. So I definitely have those urges, but I'm, um, I'm doing the harder thing more so now than ever of like actually accepting those consequences or facing that rather than trying to run away from it and then feel twice as bad because I did. Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I can see that there's a lot of, um, you know, like there's a lot of growth that, that you've, you've had, because self-sabotaging, I feel like, is something that, like, like what you said, you know, like, if you don't realize that you're doing it, then, you know, you can, it's like, how do you hold somebody responsible for something that they, for a mistake that they don't know that they're making? But, mm-hmm. like, once you know that you're making that mistake, like, you are 100% responsible for fixing that 
that issue, you know? Yeah, and you can't you go know- back. You can't be ignorant once you know. Yeah, exactly. And once you once you know that, like, you're self-sabotaging, you know, it's like, if you know that that's an issue, like, what steps are you taking to make sure that you're not going to continue to do that? So I guess that would be my next question for you, Zoe, is, uh-huh. like, what what are some things that either you've found are personally helpful or that you've you've learned about that are, like, if you see somebody, because you, you, work, with, you work with people and, uh-huh. you know, you see people who are well-intentioned, but just because you know, their, their heart says one thing doesn't mean that their brains agree. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think, well, I, one thing that came up when, when Amanda was talking is the way you were talking, made me think about like having boundaries, like how, when we have boundaries with other people, then we can hold them accountable for the behaviors. But if we don't state our boundaries, mm-hmm. then we can't, it's kind of like the same thing with yourself. Like yeah. mm-hmm. you're setting a boundary with yourself to high, hold yourself to a higher standard or whatever. And then, yeah. And accept the consequences and repair it instead of like just going and running with it. Yeah. So I guess that's, I just wanted to say that made me yeah. think about that. Cause, and something else I thought about is I don't usually think of my own behaviors, which I hadn't really thought about this before, but as self-destructive, like that's not the word I use okay, for sure. my, what's, because what's, obviously I do things. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Vocabulary. No, yes. Yeah. What's, what's your word? I don't even really know. It's like, I feel like that's something I've always put on other people. So now I'm having a moment of like, what's that about? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because I absolutely have self-destructive behaviors. Um, but I, I, I always think of it as like falling back on an old, pattern is like the way okay, I talk okay. about it for yeah. myself no it's yeah, I vocabulary is such like an interesting thing to me yeah. because it's like you you might be saying something and being like, oh, are you self-destructive? And if they don't uh, relate with the way that you think of self-destructive, they could be like, no, but still be doing that behavior. Exactly. So, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I that was a really, you know, interesting opportunity to kind of just bring up about like the language yeah. that we either yeah. use with ourselves or with other people to try and understand. So uh, when you fall when you're falling back in bad hap. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess for me, like, like how to get myself out of it. Well, I think like Amanda was saying, I think it's like, like having conversations with yourself about what the boundaries are and or about the changes that you want to make in your life or the mm-hmm. things you don't want to have in the behaviors you don't want to have in your life anymore. And then deciding like, you know, uh, well, I think curiosity, that was the big thing that came up for me is like something I'm learned about making changes in your life is like, instead of beating yourself up or being like, I'm doing that thing again, you know, mm-hmm. like it's one, it's notice, it's like labeling the thing as something you want to change and then starting to separate yourself from the reaction when you get triggered or when you notice those feelings coming up or the tendency coming up. And then two, yeah, I think about it. Like, uh, I think about it like, yeah, like, uh, I feel like I lost my train of thought a little bit, (laughs) but yeah, I think like, um, replace, yeah. Like thinking about the behavior as something that like, uh, I don't know. Now I'm just kind of like reframing it. Yeah. Not beating yourself up. Cause like that's, yeah, I definitely do that too. And I had to really pull myself out of that because if you made a choice, you made a choice. Are you going to sit there and beat yourself up about it? Like guilt and shame. I always felt like are not necessarily very constructive or helpful. Yeah. Um, because if you did something and you don't feel good about it, okay, make a better choice next time. But you already made the choice now. Are you going to sit here and feel like shit the entire time? Yeah. Like you either have to stop doing it now and move on. Or if you're in it and you're doing it, just be like, okay, this is something I needed right now. Even if it's not very healthy, like I wanted to stay out all night. I did it, but am I going to be feel like shit and like feel yeah. guilty while I'm yeah. hanging out with people all night? Like then go home, yeah. you know, something, make your choice. Something that I always say is uh, you can either do it or you can feel guilty about it but you can't do both yeah you totally know? well like, like we, yeah like learning from your mistakes like how we were saying like if you don't learn from it yeah it's being curious 
Yeah, that no, I, I like I like what you said about being curious. Um, just because I, for me, I've I've realized that like asking questions either of myself or of other people is the the best way to. To kind of figure out what we're doing, because we, we go over the same thing in our head where we're just like, that sucked. I suck. You know, where you just you keep repeating it in your head. And if you're not asking yourself questions, then you're not coming to any different conclusions. You know, and yeah. you have to you have to be able to have that curiosity to, to go, OK, yes, I'm thinking this. But why am I thinking this? You mm-hmm. know, what what would it take for me to not think this? You yeah. Know? Like yeah, totally. there's 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 questions that you either need to. And that's where, you know, I feel like having a therapist come and handy is that you know those people are trained to be able to ask you those questions yeah. and be like okay this mm-hmm. you, that's a question that I I've just been running over this in my head for the last you know four years the same mm-hmm. way you know and mm-hmm. just a vicious cycle like I I need somebody else to help me frame it in a different way and that's it comes back to that vocabulary thing too yeah where it's you know if Maybe I might not see myself as self-destructive, but I might see myself as falling back into bad patterns. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being able to bounce your ideas, being vocal with, I guess, the people around you is, I I found, is very uh, fulfilling just because just having that feedback of like either, oh, I've been there or, you know, like, oh, I can understand why you would feel like that. Yeah, no, yeah, you're actually, I think I landed on the thing that I think is probably the biggest thing that I've learned about this is uh, self-compassion is what they call it. And curiosity is uh, one of the key components of self-compassion and also is uh, realizing that you're not alone in your struggles and identifying with other people, like like acknowledging that your struggle is not something you're isolated and other people suffer as well. And so, yeah, I think that would be, that is the thing that I'm now remembering after you listening to you guys talk it like came to me was yes there's a book called self-compassion that I read that's like really interesting and then lots of therapists talk about different versions of or different you know therapy modalities but it's basically about being curious so you can learn about your mistakes and then offering yourself the same compassion that like a therapist offers you and you're yeah. like yo I did this mm. shitty thing and have mm-hmm. you ever had your therapist make you feel like shit I mean if they're a good therapist yeah no right like yeah, yeah. No, they're offering you compassion so it's about learning how to give that to yourself yeah. in that way that's a big thing that I've been trying to work on too is like if I make that decision like Zane said if you're you know you do it or feel guilty but you can't yeah. do it and feel guilty so I like to give myself compassion where it's like yeah maybe that was self-destructive maybe I shouldn't have done that but I also did it for a reason so maybe mm-hmm. in that moment that felt like the right choice and now I know that's not so I can forgive myself because I, mm-hmm. I let myself do something but I'm not going to sit here and make myself feel terrible for like months after the fact yeah. it's already, it already and, happened and you learn way more right like you learn yeah. about what you can do differently versus when you're blocked by like I mm-hmm. suck fuck that I can't do mm-hmm. that anymore mm-hmm. or whatever it is you know yeah 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 self-compassion is very important that's how you like grow and learn to love yourself which is also very important yeah you know i had a friend just be like you know they were just like hey don't talk about my friend zane like that and that shit fucking Mm -hmm. blew my mind Mm -hmm. fucking blew my mind i was like that what that you're right like because i wouldn't talk i wouldn't talk shit about their friend in front of them there's no fucking way but i'm gonna sit there and talk shit about myself in front of them and it's like if somebody was talking shit about their friend they'd be like fuck you but Mm -hmm. i'm the person who's talking shit on the person that they like yes mm-hmm. so they can't be like fuck you yeah, yeah. like it's you yeah, put it's people hard. in just an awkward situation when you when you cut yourself down like that and it's hard yeah. to hear your friends talk bad about themselves because they're just like hey yeah. we all feel certain ways about our own self but i think you're forgetting all the other things about you that are awesome too yeah, yeah. and that's a perfect example to help somebody understand what it's like to give your it's, it's to treat yourself the way you treat, treat your friends, friends when they're struggling mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. exactly how, how we should all be treating ourselves and that's a yeah. perfect mm-hmm. like example yeah, yeah. totally 
Like awesome. That. Well, I think we made a lot of headway. I think we cured mm-hmm. it. We cured mm-hmm. it. We I'm, did I'm it. Fine now. I'm, I'm yep. so compassionate. Yep. I'm, and I'm perfect. Uh, <laughs> and we will be right back with the smoke break. We are on Shady Pines Radio as well as Dope Experience Radio. Friends of Slop with DJ Larrabee on Fridays at 7 p.m. It's Friends, Friends of Slop, Pop, Vaporwave, Art Rock, yes. Indie, Rap, Punk, Bob James. Hell yes. It makes more sense once you try it. Or does it? A variety show with theme nights, deep dives, earworms, Nebraskans, and vinyl crackle. I think you're going to like it where I'm going to take you. A two-hour mixtape made lovingly for you. It's Friends of Slop on Fridays at 7 on ShadyPinesRadio.com. And we are back with the smoke break. We are on Shady Pines and Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hello. And Zoe Schwartz. Hi. Excellent. So, in the second mental health chunk, we're going to talk about uh, effective communication and saying ah uh, too much. Now, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's very important to be able to to not only listen to people, but to be able to say what you want to say and have it received in the way that you want it received. And it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Mm -hmm. And I think talking about how to communicate with people is is an important step in figuring out mental health, because you can. You can be doing well, but if you're not coming across the way that you want to, it can make you feel isolated. Yes. Yeah. Um, There's nothing more isolating than feeling misunderstood. Mm -hmm. So effectively communicating is something that's very important to me. And uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, So I guess let's say uh, somebody wanted to address that they um, felt wronged. Mm -hmm. What would be what would be where would they start with? uh, with saying that would they be like you or yeah yeah we, no uh, yeah the key the whole like ideal way to communicate the kind of it's kind of cliche but it's also really basic and a key aspect of you know healthy communication is using i statements and it sounds funny but when you consider what how like the, the impact that it has it makes sense so it's like saying when whatever happened i felt Right. So then you're taking responsibility for the feeling and you're mm-hmm. not putting it like you made me feel. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's when blank, I felt and then like a request. So could you please next time or next time I would like or if this occurs again, I need this. So it's about yeah. sort of like setting a boundary, making a request for sure. and it's, then owning uh, it. Yeah, it's yeah. addressing it's addressing how you feel and telling them what you need from them next time. Yeah. And yeah. also showing them respect at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's that's incredibly um, helpful and important. It definitely takes time and maturity to structure a sentence like that, mm-hmm. because I think we all have the reaction of like, fuck you, you did this, it <laughs> yes. me off. Yep. And I've definitely been guilty of that. Same. Zane's laughing because we used to date, so. Same. Okay, but. Yeah, when I'm triggered, all this, when I, if I'm triggered, a lot of this stuff goes out the window, which is yeah. like all of us, right? No, yeah, so. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, taking a second to think about it and be like, yes. okay, you said this because you thought that this was. Well, okay, that's again a you thing. <laughs> Oops, I'm, I'm relearning it. But yeah. if I feel like someone upset me instead of being like, you fucked up, to be like, the reason that upset me is yep. because of blank. Yep. And there's a lot of stuff that I have I feel to like you're, too. I feel like you're not listening to me when you repeatedly do this thing. Yeah. You know, instead of, you do this all the time and did it, you know, like it's... It changes, it changes the language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually even Zane, they would probably, they, whoever they are would probably say, okay, more like, 
like you would more like name what was happening more objectively like what you know like not like I don't know like say for example it was like when you did it would be like when I walked in the room and then you know like you kind of break it down like more like someone's watching from outside and that's how you really take away the like uh, the blame or the ownership from like the language is kind of discussing it like uh, like uh, without a perspective like try to take away your perspective when you name the event or whatever it is in the sink I feel like yes, you're there you not, go. Yeah, instead of yeah. like, there's always fucking dishes and you yeah. always don't do it. It's hard, but yeah, the key is to like not assume that anybody did anything for any particular reason and just label it without a judgment and then mm-hmm. say how you felt. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, no, that's that's, that's good. It's a lot of uh, it's it's a lot of good perspective because I you know I like what you had said earlier about like you know I get triggered and then all this shit goes out the window. It's like yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like okay. I got in a huge fight with like, you know, a good friend of mine and it, I fucking host a mental health fucking podcast, you know, yeah. I'm like, hey, man, fucking Zen, fucking fuck you. you yeah, know, yeah, right? yeah. Like, yeah. I'm literally the same person. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I've had friends be like, I expected better from you. And I'm like, I can understand why you did because yeah. they're like, you're in school to be a therapist. I'm like, you're right. Yeah. Also <laughs> human and we're all figuring this shit out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I, but I think that that is that's kind of like the important part about uh, I guess just repetition and uh-huh. and being able to to do these things on smaller scales. Uh-huh. That way, when you have to apply them to a, a larger scale, it's I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's like practice because you know one day you're gonna have to play and you're not gonna know that you're playing. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and True. there's. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of power in being able to kind of build up these skills. Um, so something else I wanted to talk about a little bit is uh, I'm only going to say this. Uh, pew pew is is called listening. Um, oh my god, Zane, I'm it, listening. No, you're, totally, you're fine. You're fine. It's uh, she's on her phone. I just need to give you guys context. I wasn't going to bring it up. I just had the because like why is he laughing? And he's like when you're on your when your fingers touch your phone that's how you would yeah, say it exactly. it has to be like an outside statement yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly the laugh i wanted to have on this show just because yeah, it's like i i understand how hokey this stuff can sound but it's like it is incredibly helpful mm-hmm. in my experience you it know is. is i i laugh about it but that's only because i know how helpful it can be to know mm-hmm. it and to mm-hmm. use it yeah um, but yeah, listening, listening's, okay, yeah. um, something that like, I really, I try to, I've been trying to get better at, and mm-hmm. I feel like it's an important role for a therapist to be able to listen because if you're just waiting to talk, then like, why are they talking? You know, because yeah. it's, it's important for you to absorb the information and because if somebody's talking, they want to feel listened to yeah. and not everybody mm-hmm. can make you feel listened to, yep. you know? Like everybody can tell you about how they're the most interesting person in the world, but not a lot of people can make you feel like you're the most interesting person mm-hmm. in the world. True. Yeah. So, um, listening, uh, what's, I guess, what is something that you use to, to let people feel like they're being listened to? Um, well, I'm actually, uh, taking it. I just was telling, I was talking about it earlier. I'm taking, I just took a class called about motivational interviewing, which is a very like kind of like formulaic way of having a conversation about change that like helps people move towards change, sure. but it's about meeting them where they're at. And a big component is, um, asking open-ended questions, but more than like twice as much is, um, reflections. So okay, what are reflections? So reflections would be like, so say you like told me something about like say you were talking about something you wanted to change in your life and you were like 
uh, I don't know, basically I would, ref I would try to reflect back the, uh, so a complex reflection would be like reflecting back like the meaning or like the value behind the thing that the person is saying. Okay. And then also like little shorter reflections are valuable too, because it just indicates that you're listening and you're tracking yeah. what the things that the person is saying. So it's showing that you're listening and then also showing that you're paying attention to the deeper meaning and that portrays yeah. empathy and then also sure. encourages people to go deeper once they hear themselves yeah. you well i mean i i don't know i guess it's it's easy to you know it's easy to to feel feeling feeling listened to is um i don't know like it allows you to want to say more you yes. know because mm -hmm. like if you don't feel like you're listened to then it's like why would i go into more detail you haven't listened to the first detail mm -hmm. you know so like yeah. i like those those kind of skills of being like hey i understand the the deeper meaning behind what you're trying to say mm -hmm. or you know even just being oh you had a dog you know like just anything to kind of like to make somebody feel like they're not just babbling yeah you know? yeah mm -hmm. totally yeah no i think yeah, I think being listened to is huge. And I think, def like you said, for a therapist as well, it's like a huge, and it's something I, I'm a chatty person. So it is something that's a challenge for me. So sure. I appreciate learning more about how to, to listen, act, to call it like active, active listening. listening. Yeah. 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 It already sounds like a pain in the ass. Oh, sounds right. like a sport. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely don't want to do it. I want to do some like laying down listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Relaxed <Inactive> listening. <laughs> some inactive listening. <laughs> Chilling listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I, I guess the another question I would want to ask is it, I, if you're trying to guide, which I, I think is, in my opinion, is like the, the most effective thing you could do as like a therapist is to like not tell somebody what to do. Well, you need to because I had a therapist one time. I remember I'd gotten busted for meth. I thought my life was fucking over. I was like, everything's fight like this is the as bad as it can be. And I got offered this opportunity to go to China, and I was like, and teach English. And I'm like, this is fucking no. crazy. And I went mm -hmm. to my therapist. I was like, I just got offered this opportunity to go to China. This is crazy. Yeah. And she was like, Yeah, I would just plan on that not happening. Dang, um, your therapist well, that? My therapist literally said that to mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. and that shit fucking ripped my heart out. And it was like. I like, I just needed, I need hope, you know? Yeah, totally. And like, you don't have to lie to me, but like, don't deprive me of hope, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they, and that is like one therapists aren't perfect. They're humans. But, sure. but that is why it is so important to have like the right person. And like, and they say that the therapist relationship with the client is a huge part of like how successful yeah. therapy is. So it sounds like that person was not doing great with that therapeutic alliance thing no and the, the thing is is like if to some people that might be helpful but to other people you know and that's why it that's why i guess effective communication is something that like i just have such a, uh, an interest in is yeah. because it's like you might not be saying the wrong thing you might just be saying it the wrong way Mm -hmm. You know, and if you can find a way to to say to say it, you can say just about anything to anybody and help and help them understand. You know, yeah, totally. Um, so I guess my my question that I was going to ask was, uh, you know, if so, if you're trying to guide someone, what is what is a, a good tool to to try and hey, I I I think that if you you worked on this, it would benefit you. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, one of the things that's interesting about this whole motivational interviewing, there's a lot that class I took, like I said, even though it's very like formulaic in a way that I'm not really that into, there's some evidence behind it that's interesting. And basically the idea is that it's more important to meet people where they're at and then help them change from that point than anything. Because if you meet somebody and you try to get someone to start changing before they're ready or you move towards a, a stage or a conversation that they're not ready for, you're more likely to push them backwards. So that's oh, yeah. actually, it's more about the art of figuring out where they're at at the change mm-hmm. and then work dancing with them. Kind of, they call it like a dance about yeah. it. No, that's, that's, that's a lot of, uh, yeah, really important perspective is because I think that a lot of times we, we want to meet people at where we think they should be at, yep. you know, mm-hmm. and like, that's, that's, that's setting up an expectation and setting yourself up to be let down, you know, mm-hmm. because what, what do you mean you're not where I think you should be? And yeah. I think just what you were saying about meeting people where they're at and being like, okay, this is, I understand this about you. How do we, you know, how do we grow from here? Yeah. You know, instead of being like, you know, why, but why aren't you perfect? You know, like, yeah. yeah. People are more likely to change if they feel like seen and heard for where they're at and respected for where they're at than if they feel like judged, then that's why people often go back because they're like, there's no opportunity for me here in this I can't, I can't make it in this, you know, newer world or the sober world or whatever it is because yeah. there's too many expectations or, yeah. Yeah. So. No, that's, uh, thank you, uh, yeah, for just, um, okay. Uh, the last thing I guess I'll ask before we, um, wrap this up, is there, is there anything, uh, from that, uh, module that you, that you learned, um, that, that you, that you want to, would want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I would say that that the reflect that what I learned is that reflecting to people what they are speaking is more has more impact on getting them to think about why they might want to change and why they don't want to do the thing they're doing before more than telling them what you think. Like yeah. giving them more opportunity to hear what they think is mm-hmm. really the key to people figuring out what they need. It's yeah. that's really what I would say. Can nice. Just kind of just like asking the right questions. Yes, opening open ended questions and and letting them hear your perspective from their perspective often gives them new perspective about what they think and what they know. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Um, And we will be right back with the smoke break. We are on Shady Pines as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. Radio Seance. Radio Seance, where we play some songs and then make some bad jokes. Yeah, it's a sonic journey through the fabric, fabric, fabric of time. Tuesday nights at 8. Shady Pines Radio. With your psychic friends. Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Pretty Dope Experience and Shady Pines Radio. You're listening to the last portion of our show where we do the joke break. Basically, just ask a question that prompts some funny stories or funny memories, and I'm going to jump off here with the question, what was the most embarrassing music you used to listen to? And Zoe was cracking up when I said the question, so I'm going to ask her first. Zoe, go for it. Okay, um, the reason it's good is because it was like, I I had this like dirty, like I was, I thought I was like punk rock when I was younger because my sister was punk rock. That was like my first like real identity Mm -hmm. with a style. And then I got into like hip hop and then that was like my own thing. But so I thought I thought I was pretty hardcore and like right as I was transitioning out of the like punk rock phase and I did listen to punk rock, my grandpa from Germany came to visit and he brought me a Spice Girls CD nice. and I was like fucking lame you know <laughs> and he, I remember he was like Spice Girl number one in Germany last week I used to make fun of him because I was a little bitch <laughs> and with his German accent anyway put that shit downstairs I 
know the entire fucking album of Spice World by oh, heart. Nice. Okay. So my little like punk rock, whatever, I was also transitioning, yeah. just badass either way, whatever it was, was not <laughs> admitting to anybody that I was at home just really feeling that fucking Spice Girl CD, you guys, like, uh, to the core. Like, it brings back feelings when I listen to it. No, to, to be able to know the words to it, you kind of surprise yourself, and, like, you hear it, like, years later, and you're like, wow, oh, yeah. I uh, not only know of this, but I know all the words. Yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. just especially funny, because it was so against, like, the image that I was so intent on That's building. So <laughs> I have that same thing with Weird Al, where I'm like, man, oh, I, I know. know way too many of these lyrics. Uh, this is... Oh, yeah, I know. I used to, so I actually heard... Um, um, Amish Paradise before I heard Gangster's Paradise. <laughs> so, and I was also homeschooled. It's so like, what are you going to do? Um, so I definitely knew this every, every fucking word to Amish Paradise. And the first time I heard Gangster's Paradise, I was like, what is this song? Like, I was just like, what a dork trying to, try to rip off Weird Al. And I'm oh like, my that's God. how deep in homeschool and religion I was. But I was like, why did this rapper like try and make a cool song out of that Amish Paradise song? <laughs> yeah. That's the variation ever. Yeah. trying too hard. I was like, wow. Wow, this is not a rap song. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Nerd That's alert. So <laughs> what am I using? Money in the back. I love um, that. Is it Weird Al? So Weird Al, I've talked, yeah, I've talked about Weird Al in the past. Uh, I'll, I'll let Zoe know. I wanted to be Black Weird Al mm-hmm. when I was uh, what would Black, now. Is it weird um, that I'm not totally surprised? Yeah. No, no, puns, it's not. Yeah, I can see like, it. Yeah, I can see like, it a little puns, bit. Puns and music, I can, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's this but checks out. Already. So Weird Al's kind of a badass. Kind of, kind of did. What would your what would your Weird Al name be? It'd be Goofy <laughs> Zany Zane. Zany Zane. Goofy dude. <laughs> Zany Zane would be great. That's <laughs> um, perfect. But so good. The, I, I, let's see. So uh, nobody else has really heard it, or if they have, I, don't judge me. Um, <laughs> it's uh, who and it, it, like I still listen to him from time to time, and I feel bad. Of course and, you do. I know. I know. I'm too bad for Weird Al. No, not Weird Al. That's that's. I'll oh, tell okay. anybody that. Yeah. Um, like, it's this like, other one. Okay. Uh, oh my God! Pierce the veil. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard that. Holy crap. I need um, to now. Your lip yeah. ring sounds like My it lip ring that is. Is, sounds like that band. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, it, it's very representative. You pierced your lip to pierce the veil. Yeah, I pierced... <laughs> His lip is the I veil. Pierced my lip through a veil. Uh, oh my god, that's so dedicated. You actually, uh, this piece of fabric attached to my face that um, no one brings up. Then, yeah, yeah. Is it made out of a part of a guitar or something? <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, Repurposed guitar string lip ring. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely... Well, so I, I started off listening to Weird Al, uh, and then I was like, where do I go from here? Um, oldies that the Weird Al was making fun of? Okay, so I got into oldies music. And then after that, I uh, met somebody who would, like, listen to... Uh, they were listening to Ludacris, and I was like, whoa, fucking hip-hop's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, this is dope. And I got into hip-hop, and then um, from there, I was just like, hip-hop's as cool as it ever gets, and I'm not fucking with anything else. And then my homie, like, fucking hooks me up with a guitar and was just like, yo, fucking play this shit. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And I started listening to a bunch of hardcore, like, heavy, like, heavy metal music. Um, and then uh, they, I thought it was cool for an extent, but then I was like, this shit's just screaming at me, like uh, my uncle. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 know, I know that my brain says that this is how I'm, I get messages, but I don't think it's good for my the rest of me. But there was one band that... <laughs> 
bless their hearts. Uh, I pierce their. Nails. I feel pierce. <laughs> Also now in my mind, you are a love child of Weird Al and Ludacris. Oh, yeah. That checks out. (laughs) Holy shit, that does. You might have just melted my brain right there. Oh, my God. It's not a diss. It's a compliment. No, no, I I didn't take it as a diss. I mean, that's... I definitely didn't take it as a compliment either. Okay, maybe... It's fucking crazy. We're not sure what it is, but it's not a diss. It's uh, that's a front-handed fun. insult. <laughs> front-handed. I mean, it was only because I'm visual, and you said both of them. And then I was like, I could see Curly. He's got both no, he's of them. Got, he has an afro, he's and tall. he's like, yo, puns. They're both tall. Like, it's true. It's true. <laughs> curly hair. Uh, and yeah, no, it's like, don't check. <laughs> Sorry. <out>. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was legit. No, that's, oh, that was man. a legitimate... Uh, <laughs> It's available like metal music then. Yeah. yeah I, don't even, I was gonna say we, I don't even know what it is, but I know it's something. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's yeah, it, it's stuff that like I listened to like way for, like way back, and I'm like, oh my god, it's so romantic. But now like I listen to it, and I'm just like, why did I think this was cool? But like sometimes I still listen to it, and I'm like, that's a pretty badass hook. Yeah, there you, know you go. What I mean, there's like, always something in the. There's in the always something. There's a like, reason. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. that like I enjoyed that. Like the yeah. the Weird Al shit. Like there was a reason that I, I enjoy wordplay. I enjoy the fact that he was able to take an entire song, change all the words and make it make sense. That's insanity to me. Uh You know what I mean? Like no matter how fucking goofy it is, that's crazy to make it sound like the original song, but have it have a completely different meaning. That Mm -hmm. takes some skill. And I I agree. Yeah. It's it's the combination of rhyming and wordplay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt when the Spice Girls were like, you can't get with me unless you get with my friend. And I was like, yes. No. Yes. Holy Emery, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to read the ethical slut in 20 years. Yeah. And this is going to make so much sense. <laughs> I love it. No, that's, that's, I, what's, uh, what else was it? Zigga, zigga, ah. Zigga, zigga, ah. What else was it about the, the, the Spice Girls that like, you know, kind of, were you like, yo, they have really good hooks or is it like, just like their message? Cause you were coming from, uh, you know, punk rock and, and hip hop. Yeah. Like there had to have been something that you're like, all right, I can dig it. I think it was just like, there was, I, I never really wanted to admit that I was going to be got by any of that poppy shit. But I think like in my heart, I was just a regular kid. I just wanted to be one over, and you know, Spice I'm Girls, just like, it was fucking catchy. Like that was, yeah. I think that was, I think I just didn't want to admit that I was a sucker like the rest of us. And yeah. Yeah. I, that, I got got by Spice World. That light poppy stuff is fun. I mean, you can hate all you want, but makes you dance, makes you sing. No, that's hundred percent. Like I used to have like a really big, uh, a version to, to pop music because I was like I like underground hip hop and fucking I like all the cool shit that nobody else likes mm. or knows about and it's 
I'm I, I want to be won over by pop music because it's like I want it to be good. I want other people to be listening to good music. I want to turn on the radio. Like there's that fucking that little Nas X song. It's on the radio. Yeah. Like still fucking that. Yeah. Dude, yeah. That's a good ass song. Yeah. Like and I'm happy that that is what like other people like everybody is is able to listen to. You know. I, like, I, yeah. I agree with this. Yeah, because like I feel the same way. I got only really like only good hip hop. But like you know, I mean, Cardi B is a terrible rapper, but I really like some of her music. Yeah, <laughs> she's got some some fun rhymes. Just to yeah. listen to for mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pop no. music has its value. Yeah, absolutely. Even though it's trash usually. What about uh, what about you, Amanda? All right. Yeah. So I was uh, angsty and I didn't like any of the pop music, or I didn't want to admit it or whatever. But I was like, I didn't like boy bands. I didn't like Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or any of that. But I got really into Avril Lavigne <laughs> and Pink because I was like, but they're like kind of punk and edgy yeah, or whatever. Yeah, those, those chicks are fucking badass. But my family, I was a missionary kid. We lived in India. And uh, all of the friends that I made, my mom taught at, like, international school. So they were all, like, you know, rich kids that liked pop music and stuff like that. I remember we, like, saw the X-Men movie. I brought the first one over. And they are all like, Cyclops is so cute. I was like, nah, he's gross. <laughs> and, like, Wolverine walked around with his shirt off. And I was like, he's super hot. Like, ew, he's hairy. I was like, that's what a man looks like. <laughs> That yeah, girl. Wow, this really um, frames the time. Yeah. Uh, and I remember <laughs> listening to like Avril Lavigne and Pink, and they're like, we don't like this. And they're playing like, you know, pop music. And I was like, whatever, you guys are dumb. <laughs> I probably called them gay because I was like, I'll be <laughs> honest. No, it's frame the time. Little, I'll be honest, yeah, framing the time. Um, <laughs> 2000s or 90s. Yeah. 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 <laughs> little bisexual me. I had no idea what I was saying. Because um, I had a crush on two girls there. Anyways, <laughs> I was like, you guys are hella gay, whatever. Anyway, I was just kidding. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Uh, but I remember listening to Pink and my mom. I don't. My mom knew Avril Lavigne because, like, you know, Skater Boy and all that stuff. I don't think my mom knew much about Pink. Um, and she has a song where she's just like, she don't know he's a gigolo or something like that. And I thought a gigolo was just like a like a like a juggler like, of some I, sort. No, I, I thought it was like a roast for a, a dumb a dumb man. And we were like talking, and my mom was talking about this guy. And I was like, yeah, that guy's a gigolo. My mom, <laughs> my mom goes, what? And I'm like, what? She goes, where did you hear that word? I was like, oh, I just heard it somewhere. She's like, how do you know that specific word for male prostitute? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then she like found my pink CD and was like, never, because we grew up. Religious. This woman is a whore. Did he get banned in your home? Is that what you're saying? Because I called someone a gigolo thinking I was just calling him like a douche or something. You know, he has a fucking gigolo, right, mom? She was like, excuse me? Excuse me? Uh, I remember. That was embarrassing. So, uh, I remember my mom found out that I was listening to Afro Man. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that music is hard to listen back to because, uh, yeah, I remember she found that CD. She's like, is this what you think? I was like, no, no, I do not. I like the weed part at the fucking hook and the rest of it kind of makes me kind of uncomfortable. I'm yeah. very prude. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, listening back to it now, I'm just like, oh, man, this is like because I went to like an Afro Man concert and I'm like, oh, Afro Man, this is cool. That was a part of like 10, 15 years ago. And then I was like in my fucking brain, I was just like, man, I can't really like listen to this or like, yeah, like this is what I'm embarrassed to have listened to back then. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Was it super like rapey problematic? Is that the deal? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I fucked this chick from, and then I fucked this chick from, and then she whipped out a dick that was bigger than mine. Yeah. And you're like, and everything's oh. very like, yeah. Transphobia in there too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, I see, I was thinking that it was transphobic, but I was like, he didn't really say what happened after that. You know, yeah. he was kind of just like, she whipped out a dick. He could have been like, and then it was awesome. And it was you nice. Know? Yeah. I mean, we can assume from the era that it was probably <laughs> yeah. transphobia. I think based yeah. on what we know. That's now. yeah. That's, that's, that's. <laughs> but yes, I, I think a lot of the stuff we grew up listening to was, I, it's crazy when you listen now and you're like, 
sorry, it was wild mm-hmm. when you listen now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, snap. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, you can't be using that word. When you no, listen, no, but, yes. um, but yeah, when you listen now and you're all, oh, why was that allowed for yeah. me? That is how, so problematic. How did he say skeet on the yeah. radio? And then you're like, no wonder all the things mm-hmm. that yeah. I'm getting over mm-hmm. understanding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like it's, and it's understanding like, you know, why my parents were like, I can't have you listen to this. And I like, at the time you're just like, your little fucking brain is like, I don't know if I can talk about smoking pot. And it's like, that's not the part that I want to fucking make sure that you're not fucking absorbing, you know? Mm -hmm. Good thing you weren't absorbing it, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, for real. That's, uh, yeah. Just smoked a lot of weed. Smoked a bunch of weed. Yeah. There's one thing I absorbed and it was THC. Uh, Too much of it. Uh, Not quote, quote 45s for a while. Uh, Just Mad Dog. Yeah. Just Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Yeah. We've got all this quote 45 money. Jesus. You're selling all these CDs. Um, well, yeah, no, I, I appreciate both of you guys, uh, today. I'm, I'm really, I'm looking forward to, uh, more episodes of Smoke Break and, uh, and definitely having back people who are able to help us help us understand more about what we're thinking just because you know I'm just an asshole fucking you know don't hope, talk about uh, my friend Zane like that I, yeah, don't talk about my friend that. Zane like your that your friend is, Zane's an asshole I don't know <laughs> no. did I do it right no <laughs> when you talk about Zane like that yeah. it makes me feel yeah, yeah that's right. fair that's fair no i be nice to yourself mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely no that's that's a, an important lesson and honestly I can't think of a better way to, uh, to end the episode so thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you so much for having me it was so much fun yeah this is great thanks for doing it Zoe yeah I love you guys you're awesome thanks Excellent. love you too <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this has been the Smoke Break. We're on Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. As well as PDX Radio. That's short for Pretty, Pretty dope. dope Experience. Nice. Um, so check us out on both stations and uh, we will see you next week for the Smoke Break.